everybody. Well, thanks to me posting on Facebook and a couple friends sharing it, I seem to be committed to this. I actually have people listening, which I'm not sure I actually expected. So, welcome, I guess. <laughs> I decided to do a couple things today partly because I didn't want to do the actual reading of the sources that I've gathered, which is not that uncommon. But um, one of my close colleagues and friends texted today and said that not one, but two of the students in their literature class had gone to chat GPT and had plagiarized their um, summaries. So, that's not fun. And I got curious about ChatGPT again. I think this is going to be a recurring theme for me. And I decided to go and ask it what I had written, because I wanted to see if I was showing up in the data model. And I definitely was not, which I think on the whole is rather comforting. But then I asked it, out of curiosity, to summarize my dissertation. And I got a very, very hurtful response. I apologize. I am not aware of any publication titled Highly Reliable Narrators in Supernatural Fictions written by Anne Canavan in 2012, as it does not exist. Hmm. It's like, it definitely exists. I, I do believe I spent a couple of years of my life creating something. But I do... <laughs> uh, maybe like isn't quite the right word, but admire the confidence with which ChatGPT will cheerfully tell you that things either do or do not exist, rather than acknowledging that there are limits to its skills. So, I also spent some entertaining time asking it for programs to detect if something was written by ChatGPT, um, where it suggested uh, GPT-2-detector or GPT-2 fingerprinting, and I decided to go and play with those as well. Um, my colleague had gone to the um, GPT-2 detector, and that was kind of the confirmation that the text that the students had submitted had actually been turned in by, or created by ChatGPT. So I copied a few things that the chat program had outputted, put into the detector. The detector says, Oh, wow, look at those transitions. This is 100%, well, 99%, written by ChatGPT. And then I decided to entertain myself further and put in some of my own academic writing, which varied anywhere from there is a less than 1% chance it was written by an AI, go me, to a 40 or 50% chance it was written by an AI. Less comforting. <laughs> so, um, it does seem to depend a little bit on the length of the sample that you put in the detector, but by and large, 
doesn't seem as variable as I would have thought, and, uh, as I would have thought, thought and not being a word, on the number of quotations and citations in it. I thought that was going to have a pretty big effect on whether it considered if something had been written by a chat or not, but that didn't really seem to be a consideration. So I'll definitely be playing with that a little bit more in class and using it as kind of a conversational springboard for my students about what writing looks mechanical to another machine and what writing looks human and what do we value in writing. So that's going to be a interesting uh, few sessions in class. I am, of course, worried that I'm going to find the three students who haven't heard of ChatGPT and all they're going to hear is me talking about it and them going, hmm, sounds like a heck of a way to finish English 2010. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I do also have some of the same kind of ethical concerns with putting in data into the GPT detector as I do with Turnitin, where essentially you are providing data to it that could eventually be monetized. But I'm going to do a little more research on what the detector does with the data that it's provided with. So if I find out anything interesting, I'll bring that back up too. So at that point in the day, I decided I had probably been procrastinating about enough, and it was time to actually do some research. I was going to go. I was going to read the things that I had carefully gathered. And I really tried. I tried really, really hard. I opened it in Zotero. I made some highlights. It probably didn't help that the article that I picked for whatever reason was mostly tangentially related to the topic I'm working on. It was more about faculty's role in supporting students with mental health diagnoses or students who are experiencing mental health crises. And it's very interesting. It's a good article, but I'm also kind of realizing how heavily, and maybe realizing isn't quite the right word, but being repeatedly confronted with how heavily research is based on residential university students versus community college students, where our students are carrying different emotional and financial and temporal burdens, where it's it's just you don't see as much conversation about students who don't fit the I'm 19 and I live in a dorm kind of lifestyle. So it's definitely going to be something that comes up because I think that we as community college faculty are seeing different student populations who are facing a lot of different traumas. The college I work for, Salt Lake Community College, is by pretty much all the metrics I've seen, the most diverse um, educational institution in the Utah State higher education system. So that means the world looks differently to our students. 
and we're not seeing the same kind of concerns that our colleagues at the University of Utah are seeing or at Weber State or these kinds of places. So it's definitely something that's going to factor into that. I also am going to do a little bit of research, I think, to see how our faculty looks in comparison to faculty at other Yushi institutions. And obviously, I know our faculty is nowhere near as diverse as our student body, and that is a challenge. But how many faculty do we have who are experiencing dramas that are incomprehensible is maybe the best word to us because we don't live those same experiences. And then the load we ask them to do in reaching out to our students because we're like, oh, it's so important for students to have representation. It's so important for them to see people in the front of the classroom who reflect their lived experiences. But that comes with a tremendous amount of extra burden well, no, I think burden is probably the right word, but this extra care and extra involvement that we're asking people to do this emotional labor, essentially just kind of as part of their job. And that's huge and overwhelming. And how we address that, I'm not quite sure. Obviously, if I were quite sure, then I would, you know, have made my fortune and the world would be a happier shiny place and puppies for everyone. So still working on getting puppies for everyone. That's basically the goal of all my plans. But after I had gone on this tangent mentally for a while, and after I had beaten my head against the SharePoint system that our college uses, trying to figure out how to make it share a form with a group, something it seems did determined not to do, I decided to come up with an outline for the talk. Because right now, it's kind of like being completely in a blacked out room, and you're touching something and trying to figure out what it is just by feel. And it's not... It's not coming together quite in my head yet. And so I went out, I made my outline, and in looking at my outline, I have a problem. Or maybe not a problem, but a challenge, let us say. You know all that nifty research I've been doing? Because as a good academic, I secretly believe research will share us all, or save us all. Yeah. I'm not sure where that's going to fit in this talk, and it's going to make me very, very weepy if I did all this research and it doesn't really factor in. I mean, obviously it could end up as an ancillary material. Hey, look at this awesome bibliography. I've given you lots of links to lots of things. Go forth and read. But... I'm not quite sure how it's going to come together, because I do want to avoid doing, like, the info dump, here's a 45-minute lit review, because nobody wants that. But I also 
you know, want this to be more than here are my personal feels about this topic. So I'm going to have to do a little more navigating and I'm going to have to do a lot more reading. The reading is definitely what's going to have to happen. However, I think this afternoon it's 3.30. I've kind of hit my mental wall. So this is one of my kind of I guess I probably learned it from training horses, that there's just a certain point where life is no longer productive, and you just walk away and you come back the next day. I also, and this is probably not surprising, have learned I'm not nearly as productive at home as I am at school. However, working from school today would have required getting up before 9.15, so tomorrow and Wednesday are future days. But um, thank you all for listening. I'm sure sometime in the future I'm going to be testing out, you know, clever catchphrases to sign off and, you know, it'll be super memorable and just awesome. But right now I think all I have is talk to you soon.